I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. And we're back. Greetings, travelers. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, yes. You just said we're back as if we were somewhere right then, but it's we, we you know technically we've been gone you know because in between episodes we're, we don't exist it's one of those we're not a real thing no exactly it's you know it's like when you when you put the book down and the characters are they still alive are they or are they gone it's very purple rose of cairo here you know type thing so well you got very very metaphysical right at the beginning of this like just <laughs> painfully well, is, metaphysical but this hey is, i was i was super excited did you see in the news? There is you... a Bigfoot picture. Oh, yes. Yes. It, it was uh, cited by a team. Uh, it was all over the BFRO website. Um, and uh, pretty crazy. Uh, the, 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 there's a team out actually looking for prints in the area right now. Um, there's uh, some other unusual stuff going on in that area uh there's actually a paranormal team in the area that was already investigating a haunted location so they have been kind of looped into this this is very very bizarre so it, it's an actual bigfoot like what what do they think they well the, like, the, the, how does a, this work okay so this was a sighting uh, that uh, they're reinforcing a sighting that just came to light. Um, it's pretty interesting because it's actually not considered a Bigfoot. The the sighting that uh, I yeah, that I was told is the it is considered quote an alien ape man humanoid, which I love that term. I think that's what I'm going to start calling all Bigfoot. Uh, How is and that was, different than Bigfoot? Like, uh, well, because it's a different description. Um, and uh, this is actually in Lawrence County, Kentucky, uh, which is my backyard along Blaine Creek. This is where our land is that we studied for Erie Appalachia. This is where we, that's our trailer, our family home, where the home of the bench leg uh, is. So, but the original sighting, I guess, was 2020. And uh, I've got the report. Uh, it was my mom's home where I grew up. It's situated in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains. True. Uh, no houses or neighbors within a half mile of her. There's a lot of nothing up there. Uh, one night, her dog was barking, whimpering and growling, wouldn't stop. The dog was pacing back and forth. After 30 minutes, she grabbed her flashlight to go outside. Uh, no animals were messing with the trash cans, so she figured her dog was you know, chasing a raccoon or something. And then she said uh, she went to turn back into the house, and that's when the little girl saw it behind her mom said it was standing on its hind legs and it looked like an animal's but the front looked more human it had patches of long light colored fur all over the body and legs the top looked like a humanoid man where the lower part looked like an animal the face was very odd and she called it an alien ape man she said it stood about seven feet in height and was very muscular and they both stood paralyzed with fear as they shined the light on it and it looked at them then it ran on all fours out the yard towards the back and up the mountain. Um, so that was their sighting. Now, 
that sighting that was recently reported is identical in description where it was on all fours it stands up on two like a bear uh and but it's about seven feet tall maybe even eight and uh again sculpted humanoid uh so like muscular the way the one person describes it uh and then that picture is just a blurry photo so there again there's not much you can do with it um i have no idea uh so who wait who took the picture i don't understand now this family did no this that family is in that area and so this was that team when they were researching this to see if there was any history of sightings of this thing they found that story and that family came forward with it um so it's it's interesting because it's so different than any other Bigfoot sighting that uh, the BFRO has been researching. So, so I just need to clarify because yeah. I'm not a Bigfootophile. Is that what they call them? What are the What do you call people who are obsessed with Bigfoot? Like, uh, squatchers usually. <laughs> squatchers is that a real thing? Yes, Sasquatch enthusiasts are called squatchers. It's like trekkies. Oh my god! You know, okay, I, I have I have to learn something. Today. Or cryptozoologists, if they want to be serious. So, okay, yeah. well, okay, but um, so they think this is not Bigfoot. Like they don't think this is what people have seen or call Bigfoot. They think this is something different than Bigfoot. They, they think this is something different, and uh, the fact that its head is very misshapen, and um that you know they were even kind of hints at roswell style alien head you know but with fur so um and of course this is right on that west virginia kentucky border so it's flatwoods monster territory is not very far and and all that so it, it could be something new and unusual um uh the fact that it runs on all fours makes me think it's a bear with mange uh but the fact that this has been seen numerous times in the same area in just the last three years makes me a little interested because it's not something commonly reported in that area. Uh, That area has had some Bigfoot, but not like that. Well, you know, I'm kind of wondering too, just, I mean, side note, and then we can go on to the actual reason we have an episode, but uh, is that I wonder if, um, people like this is a mutation because that's one of the things too is i mean to think people aren't messing with mixing animals together i mean i hate to say it the nazis did it all the time like they created animals uh that area is along the big sandy river uh like i said it really goes right along the west virginia kentucky border there are a lot of coal factories and a lot of coal mines on that uh uh, riverfront there's the train line that goes right through there ashland oils headquarters is there uh but uh also uh this is where you, we get calgon you know calgon take me away comes from a chemical plant on that uh uh in that area so there are some unusual things um and like i said it, it it's so funny that this is right in my backyard and i hadn't heard anything about this even well, though we were up there back in october failing cryptozoologists everywhere and you know now I will know what to look for when we go back up for Mothman Festival later this year. So well, uh, they're very cool. That sounds like absolutely what I want to be doing is hunting. No, <laughs> but speaking of unusual things, Ooh. I have another listener story. Yay! We uh, love listener stories. Okay. Yes, yes. I we love our listener stories, and if any of you out there 
have a listener story, you know, something, an encounter that you've had or have heard someone who's had and we want and you want to document it, please drop us a line. The email is at the website, uh, eerietravels.com, right up top's the big blue button, send us an email. And uh, we will be happy to tell you. If you don't want us to tell it on, you know, online, that's fine too. But if you're willing to let us tell it, let us know. We'd love to. So uh, this one is kind of appropriate because I believe ties into what we discussed offline that you've got a story that fits this. So um, I'm going to get right into this and read this because this is okay. This is a great story. So. Um, and it's from a, uh, a listener named Becky. So, okay. Now, this is what Becky was a child. When Becky was six years old in 1978, something scary happened. Quote, when I was a kid, I saw what is now called the hat man. The hat man I saw talked to me. Ooh, wait, so wait, wait, before you get into the actual <laughs> listener tale, let's talk about what is Hat Man? Like, what is the Hat Man? All right, the Hat Man is something we're going to have to do a deep dive on at some point because it is an incredible uh, in phenomena. Thousands of people are witnessing this. It is similar to what some would call a sleep paralysis type creature. Uh, it generally sits in your room late at night and has a broad hat and it is completely dark, just like deepest shadow you have ever seen and uh, will fill entire corners of your room. So it's super tall, can reach over you. So, uh, it was what inspired the Babadook. Uh, oh, the Babadook. Yes. yes, the Babadook. Inspired by Hatman tales. Uh, the Hatman has been seen a lot uh there's actually one family that has been terrorized by this creature for a generation and uh i'm actually reaching out to them to try to get them on for an interview uh because uh the father had experiences with it and then the daughter and then the sons both the sons now uh and it was something that they thought were skipping generations but didn't uh but it's it's odd a lot of people associated it with you know mental disorder and sleep paralysis it's just oh it's just a thing but so many people have seen it and so many people have been terrified by this where they will never sleep again you know it seems like you know that this has become quite a phenomena in itself well that's never good that we're never going to sleep again thing yeah i mean it's, yeah. it's, it's take freddy krueger but just make him all dark shaped oh. and, and, and sitting and in the corner of your room and you've touched on exactly what we're going to talk about this episode yes. paralysis. but right. let us hear becky's amazing tale all right so so becky now lives in florida grew up in missouri and spent parts of 77 78 at the grandma's house in independence missouri and that's where this happens all right so here's your quote during this time in my life my mother sister and i lived with my grandparents off and on due to our own circumstances and the fact that my grandfather was in and out of the hospital. I only remember other families re residing in the house at times and that she stayed in the spare bedroom with her sister. One night, Becky and her sister slept in their grandmother's room and they soon noticed they weren't alone. My sister and grandma were sleeping in the bed like normal 
and I was sleeping between the two of them with my head at the foot of the bed. And I had this horrible nightmare, one where the dresser drawers were opening and closing on their own and ghosts and clothing were flying out of the drawers. And most of my dreams were usually in other places or familiar places. Wait, never pause. did she say ghosts? That it was clothing? like clothes were acting like ghosts flying oh, out. Oh, okay. Drawers. I was like, did you have clothing? I mean, ghosts folded up in your drawers? What the heck? Okay. You know, there's sheets. There's sheets that could happen. Yeah, that's um, true. And she's like, you know, but I've never had a dream from where, you know, from the perspective where I was actually sleeping. And I woke up from the dream very scared. And I kicked to try to wake up my grandmother, but couldn't wake her up. And I debated getting up and finding my mom, but I would have had to walk past the dresser from my dream and decided it was too scary. So I turned my look away from the dresser and up to the window behind the headboard of the bed. And that's where I saw the man. The man was a dark looming figure and he seemed to stand on the headboard. But Becky now wonders that the man stood behind the headboard and was just extremely tall. So he fits the hat man. Uh, the man was wearing a long flowing coat, a top hat, and carried a cane. He had no real features, but was a solid object that blocked the light from the window behind him. I was terrified because there was someone else in the room and because I recognized it as non-human. Becky and the hat man stared at one another probably for a few minutes or a few seconds, you know, this type of situation. Uh, it lifted its arm and pointed at her. And it's, and he said, this is your last chance. Becky said his voice did not fill the room. The best way she could describe it was that it filled her head. The what, voice was What do you mean flat. this is your last chance? For, for, this is your last chance to... She said her voice, the voice was flat with no sound. And it was as if everything surrounding the words had been removed. That's her quote. Um, and he put his arm down, disappeared. She told her family all about it next morning when they finally all woke up and they're like she just remembers everybody just kind of nodding and going eh you know whatever and nobody believed her and she was just vaguely remembers being scared of the grandma's house for forever but was she actually paralyzed like could she not move because no, she said she, she was moving to wake up her grandmother right right she says doesn't know what it meant doesn't know anything she just kind of sat there staring okay. you know and then just finally went back to bed when she finally got the courage to crawl under the covers all right so uh she didn't bring it up again till her teens okay and she said then suddenly everybody believed in ghosts so it was just another ghost story <laughs> to throw to throw on the fire and i get and i know growing up in that age you know so that's after in search of and that's after unsolved mysteries on television you can tell ghost stories finally um and uh, so it was just another ghost story that she could tell around the fire, except her aunt. Her aunt said she had seen the same man in that same house, in that same room years later. And um, she's like, so then she had a second witness, you know. Oh, I don't like any of that. I don't like that at all. And um, so she says, I've tried to figure out what this is your last chance means. 
My grandfather died somewhere around this time, but I can't be certain if the hat man appeared before or after his death. I do know that grandpa was not in the house at that time, but he spent quite a bit of time in the hospital towards the end of his life. Was the hat man telling me it was my last chance to talk with him? I don't know, but that's, that's all I got. So well, it's a cool little ghost story and it ties into the hat man. So I thought that was a very cool story. And thank you so much, Becky, for sending that to us. It was incredible. Yes, Becky, thank you for sending it to us. Um, I, I'm not going to interpret what the ghost may have meant. However, ominous it may have sounded it appears that uh, nothing happened so it was a it was threatening but it's interesting because um the hat man is something talked about but sleep paralysis is is a huge thing and although the hat man has been linked to slight sleep paralysis dun 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 but um, and I would look into what happened in that house, Becky, honestly, if I was you, I do a little bit of research to see if anything has happened in that particular house, because sometimes that explains, well, <laughs> use that explains term very loosely here on this yes. podcast. But it, it could it, have been, you know, yeah. a, you know, a psychic impression, but the fact that this is the same type of creature that has been described by so many people all over the world, not just the U.S. The Hat Man is an international, worldly See, we're back to the woman in white. Do you yep. see? We come full circle. Back so, to that again. Yes, this is another international phenomenon, and it's one of those that only recently have people started putting it together. Going, wait, this sounds like this, and this sounds like that, and this sounds like this. Um, Nick Redfern um, uh, did that a long time ago, where he started trying to put the hat man together with the men in black because he thought it sounded very similar to that and some of their kind of otherworldly encounters but you it mean definitely like the flashy thing men in black or like a different kind of man in black like the real men in black that the flashy thing guys are based on that uh showed up around mothman time and whenever ufo people people would see ufos these guys would show up and they'd be in the black suits and they would say you didn't don't talk to anybody about this you didn't see anything uh, we're from oh. the government and bad things will happen to you if you talk about it. Oh, well, uh, like you do, you know. Yeah. But, so. um, uh, you know, and then reporters would get them. Uh, famous uh, Mary Hale, who was one of the ladies who was reporting the Mothman phenomena and all the UFOs that were being spotted around the same time. She had visits from these guys who would talk with emphasis on the wrong syllables, you know, like like the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, if you get it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's definitely, yeah, one of those just odd. No, it, it, it is really odd. And, you know, of course, what I wanted to do this episode on, as, as, as you may know, but maybe not, because I might have only told our producer, but is sleep paralysis, right? Because yeah. I have a story, I know our producer has a story, which we'll get into before we go into this, but I wanted to talk about actual sleep paralysis and what it was for a little bit right yeah because yeah please sleep paralysis has been described by people is your um generally they say that you wake up with a complete inability to move hmm. at all usually there's terror associated with it usually you can see or feel something right and you know science goes well most people who have sleep apnea you know this is a thing because you have sleep apnea and getting a better night's sleep is helpful, but there are a ton of people 
that report a completely different situation. And it's not like they're not able to move or speak. And, and they say it happens when you wake or you're falling asleep. But I know people that this happens to when they're dead asleep, they get woken up by sleep paralysis, right? And so that, I mean, that's my description. Do you have any more to add to our well, sleep no, I, I've heard, I mean, like I said, in my field, of course, we hear a lot about this and it's one of those, you know, scientists say, well, you know, when you, when you go into REM sleep, you know, when you're, when you're finally into dreamland, your body produces this chemical that keeps you from moving. So that way, when you're in your sleep and you're running down the hill, you're actually not running down the hill. And people who have sleepwalk, uh, you know, who have sleepwalking, you know, disorders uh, don't produce enough of that. Whereas sleep paralysis, sometimes you produce too much of that. And then if you're having a nightmare and the adrenaline kicks in and all that from the, from the nightmare, suddenly you wake up, but that other chemical that keeps your body from moving has not cleared. And then that, chemical you know and then all those chemicals of fear are elevated because now you're stuck you can't move and this and you're in and out of consciousness now a lot of people say that you're actually now vibrating on a higher plane you're more in tune to other things so that's why you're seeing things that normally you wouldn't see because they you would not be in tune with them and stuff like that so uh well you know what though i don't want any of your science garbage so (laughs) here's the truth as somebody science garbage no i'm sure there are are some reasons for different situations but this goes along with the fact that like i have restless leg syndrome so i have to take something because otherwise i will wake myself up moving around like it's part of my whole sleep apnea but i hate my sleep apnea machine because i'm old but um one thing that is interesting because going back the stories that you hear some people say they just wake up but what they hear and what they feel while it's happening and we're going to get into those stories here and we're going to have our amazing producer drop theirs before we even go into the commercial break is there there's something like the hat man or something there in the space with them whatever it is demonic we'll get into that ghost we'll get into that but something is causing their inability to control their body which is a very different situation because if you think about it i get you know wanting to slow down and wanting to calm yourself down so you can rest but there is no way we're producing a chemical that causes us to be unable to wake ourselves up and only under certain circumstances so um, with that, before we have to go to our first break, Callie, can you jump in and share your story of sleep paralysis? Hello. Yes, I can. Uh, hi, okay. everybody. Uh, so for me, it was something that had never happened before. Um, but in 2020, a year that stressed many of us out, um, I was in my last semester of college uh my best friend and my boyfriend had both just moved out of state maybe like a month or two before this and then covid shut everything down um and at the same time i was off of medication uh for my anxiety disorder 
uh, because I couldn't go to the pharmacy. Um, I They were only doing drive-ins and I didn't have a car, so I couldn't go. I couldn't do anything about it. Um, so I was just going without my prescription. And one night I felt like I couldn't breathe. Uh, I felt like I was like dying. Um, and I was really worried that it was COVID. And this was before we really like had a whole lot of details on like, you know, whether or not somebody could like be okay from COVID. So I walked to the hospital. I was terrified. I, I, I lived like a couple blocks from the hospital. So it was really like a quick walk. Um, and it was like, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning. Um, I had been trying to go to sleep for a while and it just wasn't working. I get to the hospital. Um, I'm waiting in uh, the like the room before you get into the ER where they're taking your blood pressure and stuff. And like they had me kind of laid down. Uh, I looked over at the heart uh, monitor thing that they had and it said something like my resting heart rate was like 195. Um which wow. it it's normally not that, by the way. Uh, I was going to say resting heart rate and your heart's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, and I was like laying down. So I was like, oh, cool. So I'm like dying, dying. This is fun. Um, I, you know, I didn't find out until later that this was like a panic attack. And like, you know, I, I didn't realize, I guess, how much everything was kind of contributing to this really stressful situation and I had been waiting in that room for like an hour. Like it was, you know, incredibly busy in those, you know, those COVID times, those trying times as we all remember. Um, oh yeah, no, and absolutely. Yeah, I was in this bed and I had like felt myself starting to drift a little bit, starting to sleep. Um, And I kind of wake up, but I can't move. Um but I could still hear the heart monitor just kind of going crazy. And like, I like look at it, or at least I like try to move my eyes towards it. And like, I see the red and then like, I look in the corner of the room and like, I don't know, there's like this big tall shadowy thing standing there with like these two red eyes, like the same color as the heart monitor. And I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. This is awful. And so I like heard the heart monitor start to go even faster than it was before. And so like, I'm trying to get up. I can't move. And I don't really know why. Um, I was like, am I just attached to this blood pressure machine or something? Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and I see this thing just kind of like nod at me. And like, it just, it, it comes closer and closer and it's just like slowly walking towards me and I'm like trying to get out and I can't I can't like get away from this thing that's coming towards me and I I it, it got like I want to say like maybe an inch or two from my face oh like, my goodness it got really close to my face and then it just became like this puff of smoke and then I woke up do you think you woke up or could you move? Like what changed that made you think, I'm just asking, that you woke up? I don't know. I really don't know. I just felt in my head that I had woken up, you know, like that I would I could move again. And suddenly like the blood pressure machine wasn't attached and like my heart rate monitor had gone down a little bit. And then the doctor walked in and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Wow. Had this ever happened before? 
no, never in my life. And it hasn't happened since then. And I've had, you know, plenty of panic attacks since then. I mean, I have anxiety. That's a pretty classic thing with it. You know, it's par for the course. Paranormal encounters before in your life, too. So that too. And we'll get into that in a different episode. In another episode when we're all talking about past traumas. Yeah. It's a shame that your father was unable to come drive and take you to the hospital. That's terrible. He was, he's, he's a piece of jerk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that that what you've just said, and thank you for sharing your story with us, of course, course. is exactly how um, several people describe these kind of encounters. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because that sounds, you know, they call it the hat man, but it sounds like there's something there. And I know we're going to take a quick break, but I'm going to get back because there is a very interesting theory. There's two theories, actually, as to what that is. So I think we have to take a break and um, we will be right back, you know, after our commercial overlords um, with Erie Travels. Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. The woman in white and a hat man are dating. Could you imagine that relationship? Here's the deal. You go scare the shit out of people in their bedrooms. I'm going to jump in front of cars. Let's do this. And then we'll meet at McDonald's later. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think they get together at the ghost McDonald's? (laughs) No, it's got to be IHOP or Waffle House. It's got to be IHOP or Waffle House because that's all the late night. You get in there, you don't know what you're going to find. It's got to be Waffle House because I'm willing to bet that hat man throws hands every time a guy miscooks his <laughs> eggs. This guy will go and fight the chef because the eggs aren't runny. Oh my god, that's terrifying! <laughs> oh man, that oh we're back. Is terrifying. Oh. oh yeah, no. Oh my goodness, we're back. Okay. Oh geez. So okay, let's. We're talking about sleep paralysis. So this is. Um, I actually have a story from a friend of mine, mm. and his story was very interesting. Unfortunately, he has passed. I miss him dearly. But um, he did not die in his sleep. But he told me the story. So he moved into this condo 
in Florida, a condominium, and he noticed what he called a ghost cat. So it was what he would see is what appeared to be a little black cat run past him in the living room and into the bedroom. Anytime this happened though, and he saw this cat, he would wake up in the middle of the night feeling like something was sitting on his chest, unable to move. And this is one of the phenomenon from um, sleep paralysis is feeling like something is holding you down or holding you in place. But even though it was on his chest, he could not move any part of his body. And he felt like he couldn't catch his breath. And this happened and it turned out that um, there was an elderly, very grumpy man that had passed away in this particular condo before he moved into it. That was the owner of a little of a black cat. Mm. But it was all the time. And so he would try to sleep in the bedroom. Same thing would happen. Try to sleep in the living room. Same thing would happen. Try to sleep in the guest room that he had. Same thing would happen. If he saw the black cat, it would happen. So he told us, me and um, when his sister is a very good friend of mine. Um, and he told us this story. And she stayed in the condo one time with him. And it happened to her. Wow. Okay. I was going to say, is it just him or? No, it wasn't. And on top of that, it happened to her daughter who was six at the time, woke Mm -hmm. up with this thing. And when she described it, and it's interesting because I think anyone who's had sleep paralysis, please feel free to share your story with us, said it felt like somebody was holding them down with a wet, heavy blanket, like a blanket had been soaked and was holding them down. And what is interesting is you can do a little research on the term blanketing, being blanketed, Yes. right? And so where this goes to, I promise we're on a journey together, we're gonna get there. But where this terrifying thing goes to, goes to whether or not you believe that you as a spirit are different than you as a flesh sleeve, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And is this person or thing trying to take your body from you? And that goes in several cultures. There's the the Gullah culture has uh, what they call the boohag, uh, which is you know South you know South Carolina North Carolina, um, and they have a they have a phrase you know being ridden by the hag, and that's what it is is you it sits on your chest and it is sucking your soul out of your mouth and then because it's going to steal your skin. And that's when you see a guy who's just kind of uh, like that. He's being ridden by the hag. A uh, boo hag has taken over his body. Um, and uh, and then there's you know Indian uh, yeah, from uh, from uh, um, India. They have a very similar creature as well that supposedly you know steals your breath by sitting on your chest. And of course, you know Stephen King did it with cat's eye um, with exactly. uh, with the cat actually protecting us but it was because the legend was the cat stole your breath so uh the egyptians it's interesting because the terror and the helplessness that you feel when this is happening when somebody describes having this sleep terror happen to them right the sleep paralysis this terror is like you're not in control and you're being forced which leads you to wonder right 
or at least leads me to wonder whether or not um, you, that is a possibility. Could somebody actually do that and take it, right? Mm -hmm. Or do they just think they can and that's how they control it? Because it, and it happened with such regularity, right? That he would prepare himself that that was going to happen if he saw the cat. Hmm. And Sage, all that other stuff didn't work. It's, but whatever this thing was, it made him feel like he wasn't breathing anymore. And it wasn't that he wasn't breathing, but that's what it made him feel like. Again, with Sage and things like that, I always tell everybody, you get out of it what you put into it. So if, if you go into it with any doubt, it's not going to help. So it's... Uh, um, well, and like, what what does Sage get rid of? You know, that's the other thing is, does that, Sage only get rid of, you know ghosts that are lingering does it get rid of malevolent spirits? spirits or does it get rid of demons does it get rid demons? of who knows we don't know it's 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 been told to us by you know lots of medicine men shaman and uh you know and, and uh wicca and all that but that doesn't necessarily mean it's handed down anything it's you know these are well, you know it's, think, it's recipes yeah it's cleansing but again you do have you know things have to be believed which leads me to my growing up in the 80s. I know you were all wondering how I got here, but we're gonna we're gonna join Eric on this journey because I grew up in Hollywood, California. I lived there till I was 13 years old. At the time in California when Nightmare on Elm Street came out hey. was when the um uh Night Strangler. Yeah. Right, right. Same time. No, not Night Strangler. The Night Stalker. Oh Night my goodness! Stalker. I'm, Night Stalker, I'm blending yeah. serial killers now. The Night Strangler. No, the um, Night Stalker, which yeah. is Richard Ramirez, was killing people in California. And if you watch the documentary on Netflix, which is brilliant, because in the '80s we did not have the internet, so you know a lot of our stories came from local news, and they came from newspapers and magazines, like. That's how you got radio programs. That's how you got your news, right? Yep. And sometimes days was, later, weeks later. Yeah. Exactly. And it took them a long time to link a lot of the crimes that Richard Ramirez did. But they were going on the news at night and saying how he was killing people in yellow houses near a freeway, which in California, that's fucking everyone. So, like, you, <laughs> you, you know, you can't do that. But at the same time, Nightmare on Elm Street came out, the very first Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger. And the premise of Nightmare on Elm Street, if you've lived under a freaking rock and don't know what we're talking about, is what, Mark? It's, he was a janitor who was a pedophile and he was burned uh, by the family when he was acquitted. So he now haunts their dreams of the kids and kills them in their sleep to gain more power. So. Exactly. So the entire premise of this is he's in dreams and he'll kill you in your dream. And if he kills you in your dream, you die in real life. That's the premise, right? And Johnny, so I'm setting the stage. I hope you feel like a stage is set here where people are terrified because there is a killer loose in California that is killing people randomly. There was no like he's only killing prostitutes or he's only killing children or he's only killing, you know, like suburban couples. Killers. And yeah, and, you know, there was no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. 
no rhyme or reason to it. And he was way worse than a lot of people realize. Again, watch the documentary on Netflix. But Freddy Krueger came out. And people started saying that they were dying in their sleep and that Freddy Krueger was real. Now, anybody listening to this might be like, that's ridiculous. That's crazy talk, right? You say that, but now look at like things like the case of the Slender Man mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where people say they killed for Slender Man. Slender Man talked to them and they killed because of it. That's like a creepy pasta where legitimate people have been killed say, for this thing. They literally thought that Freddy Krueger was killing people in their dreams and in their sleep. So the news, the nightly news, I remember this because this is when you had to turn the dial, click, click, click on your TV. There wasn't a cable box. I hope everybody click, click. Your three whole Um, channels. Three whole channels. There was more than three channels. Well, you were in Um, Hollywood. I was in West Virginia. We had three. Yeah, no, I had like, I had quite a few because like I had Dr. Paul Bearer and stuff. We're going to talk about that later. But they went on the news and literally the six o'clock news said, Freddy Krueger is not real. It is just a movie. <laughs> Nobody is dying in their sleep. It's not true. Yeah. You're fine. They even had a doctor on saying that you can't just, so you can't be killed in your dreams and die. I think that which, was a 2020 actually uh, was the show that did that. So, yeah. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous, but people thought that you could die in your sleep, which then makes you wonder, can you actually die in your sleep? Can you have your body taken from you in your sleep? Because that's the that's the the the, you know, the the common thing is you know, everybody has the dream of falling, but right before they hit the ground, they wake up. You know, and it's, you know what happens if you don't wake up? Um, but um, yeah, it's it's and it's funny because dreams are just a whole nother you know reality situation anyway because so many interpretations of them and all that and uh, and so many things happen in dreams and uh, that. Um, yeah, we've got I've got encounter listings of ghosts and monsters, but they weren't sure if they were dreams. So that's one of those things I'm not allowed to, you know, report on because I, you know, was it a dream? You know, I don't like I don't like writing those up because it's like, oh, it could have just been this guy, you know, had too much, you know, as as uh, great Scrooge, uh, Scrooge says, you know, perhaps you're a bit of indigestion. Yeah, uh, well, it's true. But what about so we, we're going to go full circle to the man you know the hat man what if it when it's the same thing what if it is when they see the same thing and people have reported these things seeing these same things that never had heard the stories of other people right a lot of these people didn't even know what hat man was you know and they tell these hat man stories and or the you know there's the great show uh evil uh has a, a great sleep paralysis demon in it named george uh, who, you know, hi, I'm George. I'm your, your sleep paralysis demon. Uh, and she does a great thing because she's a psychiatrist and she's like, all right, well, I'm going to prove that I'm, I'm asleep. Uh, she writes a note to herself and tapes it above the bed. And when you're asleep, you can't read. So in your dreams, that's why you never see writing in your dreams. Think about it. If you've ever had a dream, you should not be have seen any road signs or anything because your brain can't translate. So she writes this thing. So when she sees the demon about to kill her, on her chest, she looks up and she realizes the writing's boring. She's like, no, you can't hurt me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but of course there's twists because it's television. So it's really good. But um, 
but yeah, that's that's one of those things. So, you know, you know, if you really are having this problem, you know, tape a note on top of your ceiling and see if you can read it when it when the creature's coming. But but then what are you all... gonna tell them if they can read it? Then, like we're then... gonna get a bunch of listener stories of people telling us how they can read in their dreams or they've read letters or yeah, things it's... like that. And then we're gonna you have to go down a whole rabbit hole on whether or not that's accurate. Science is weird. You should not be able to read in your dreams because that part of your brain doesn't work. So uh, during that time, but there are weird things. My brain's weird. I have epilepsy. We don't know how it works hundred percent. So, uh, you know, it's uh, that, that we're still learning stuff like this. Um, now the, if you would like to experience a sleep paralysis without the demon side of it, well, uh, how do you know it's without the demon side of it? Well, I well, this okay. One, can we every... watch false disclaimers on this show, Mark? Because okay. if somebody has a demon encounter because of where there, we tell them to go, there is a bed and breakfast, a famous bed and breakfast in St. Augustine. So this is our travel for this week, uh uh, that uh, would tie in with this, and it is the St. Francis Inn. It is one of the oldest bed and breakfasts in America, still operating. Uh, it predates Plymouth Rock by about 50 years. It was built in, uh, you know, the 1580s. Uh, it's still around. Wow. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, but um, the, uh, the the ghosts there are numerous um, because it's been around so long. But most exactly. famously, there was a young couple there. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a young girl named Lily. She was a servant there. And she was in love with the young master. And um, and they were told that they were going to be allowed to be together uh, after their tryst had become known. The father was not really happy about this because wanted his son to become a soldier and marry into the family and all this stuff. Well, anyway, long story short, he uh, offered her money and told her to leave. And she left. Okay. Supposedly. But we think now that she didn't take the money and leave and that she was murdered because her spirit is seen there. And there is a room there called Lily's room. And you okay. can book this room. Tell them Erie Travels sent you. Uh, and paranormal teams line up to get this room and people looking for a haunted honeymoon. This is your place. Uh, it's a beautiful inn, Lily's room. The reason people get so much activity there, Lily tends to get jealous of ladies and she will like, if you leave your makeup out overnight, she'll dump your purse into the sink and run water all over it. Uh, she'll do all, she'll pull hair. She'll do all this stuff because she wants to spend time with the man. And so if you are- Did you um, just recommend this to our listeners as a honeymoon spot? Yes, it's popular for people into paranormal because they want that experience. They don't care if it's not exactly romantic because this is what happens is she will uh, become like a sleep paralysis uh, attack on a man. She will climb on them and hold them down while she kisses them and- and men claim that she's like starts like a warm caress, but then is suddenly a bit more severe uh, as she leans in for a kiss. And then they smell jasmine as she fades away uh, as they wake up. 
So it's it's called the Haunted Embrace. Uh, that the, in their little uh, tagline at the at the hotel. Uh, but um, now it's in one of the you know America's oldest city. So of course every bed and breakfast there says they're haunted. Every bed and breakfast there has a ghost story. This is just one of them. This is probably one of the most famous ones. Have um, you ever stayed there, Mark? Have you ever I been have. caressed? I by was Jasmine? not caressed. She, I'm not her type, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, but uh, Saint Augustine is full of ghost stories, and uh, and Callie's already been on once. But Callie, do you want to come on and talk about your your uh, Saint Augustine encounter? You know, now's as good a time as any. Um, uh, when I was about eight, I think, uh, you know, my very cool dad uh, took me on this ghost tour in St. Augustine, which was really cool. Um, I was very into spooky stuff as a kid. Like there were a couple Halloweens where I dressed up as Wednesday. Like I was just very into the whole Halloween thing and everything spooky and ghosts. Like obviously imagine where you get that from. Clearly I grew out of it too. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we were on this tour and I don't know, I was eight. I got bored a lot. They were standing over by, I believe it was the Huguenot Cemetery, which is just outside of the big city gate uh, in the city. Uh, and I don't know, it was nighttime, but I was like, I'm gonna walk over this way. And so like, I'm just walking and I don't know, I see this little girl. She's got these big old yellow peepers. And she was sitting like, it was kind of like in the great part of the, the city gate, but I didn't really think about it because I was like, I don't know, maybe she wiggled her way in there. Seems cool. She was telling me to stay away from Yellow Jack. And I was like, okay, cool. And I saw the tour group was starting to come over there because um, they were heading back. Um, and I, I I told dad to ask about, um, ask about a girl and Yellow Jack. I was like, what's Yellow Jack? And then the tour guide was like, did you just talk to a little girl? I was like, yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> she seems cool. <laughs> and he was like, she is the daughter of the, there was like some guard or something at the front of the city. The and yeah. yeah, and he would warn people against the yellow fever that had infected the town. And apparently the yellow fever spread and he ended up passing, but his daughter who was, you know, around my age, because I was like, like I said, like eight, she would stand there and tell people about it too, until she also passed away from yellow fever. And uh, yeah, I had a full on conversation with her and I fully remember her. Like she wasn't translucent or nothing. She looked like a real girl. And like, I don't know, to this day, going to St. Augustine, I get, I get the Wiggins a little bit, you know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> And and know. what they called yellow fever back in the day was yellow jack because mm -hmm. they didn't call it yellow fever. So well, which is really interesting and gets into a whole other set of topics we would we will eventually go down the rabbit <laughs> yeah. hole on for sure about ghosts with warnings because yes. I think it's interesting yet horrible. Which goes to is this ghost stuck here or is there an imprint of her stuck there? Because it's an amazing story. But I go, is it, is she stuck there? Because that would be a horrible eternity that you're stuck 
warning people about yellow fever. Particularly tourists in St. Augustine. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> tourists in St. Augustine. All I know is I made a cool friend. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we worked her into uh, the haunt one year because that was we always did local haunts, uh, local mm-hmm. stories in our haunt. So we worked in the gatekeeper's daughter and because of Callie's story. So. Okay, well, good shameless self-promotion of your uh, no longer existing uh, haunted, haunted house. Yeah, house. Yeah. yeah, no, the Healthy Cemetery. Callie, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Callie Creepy jumped on girls. twice this episode. That's I amazing. know. Well, I don't know. I see a lot of weird stuff. And the listeners want more. So we'll, we'll you know, you'll be on more and more. So yes, yes. Yeah. And please send us your stories. We'd love to hear them because I know we've just barely touched the surface of sleep paralysis. And yes. The hat man. Yeah, we will definitely do more on hat man. I've got that once that family mm-hmm. agrees, we're gonna have them on ASAP. So oh uh, that will be amazing. Yeah, a so, generation of hat man stories. I can't wait. Things mm-hmm. to take away from this sleep paralysis. I don't care what you say, science and your scienceness. There's more to it than just simply your body and chemicals and crap like that, because that doesn't explain a lot of other things. Um Freddy Krueger is not real, even though that first movie was terrifying as crap. He is not real. And um, if there's a serial killer in the area, don't don't tell them that he goes to yellow houses along the freeway in L.A. Because there's only yellow houses (laughs) along the freeway in L.A. This is bad advice. So that is my thing. And thanks again, um, Becky, for your amazing listener. Yes. Yes. Becky, thank you so much for letting us tell that. And uh uh, we, we can't wait to hear more. I'd love to hear your aunt's encounters. If you can get that from her, we'd love to follow up and find out what her encounters in that same house were. Although yes, they do, yes. I know you said they sounded very similar and were, you know, just a few years later, uh, but we love that stuff. And uh, we also, uh, for those of those, that team that's on the ground out in Lawrence County, uh, Kentucky, hey, uh, you know, keep us posted. We'd love to hear a follow-up on the ape alien humanoid uh that's 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 a new one on me i'd never read that in a headline on the bfro report so uh very cool uh the uh there was a we've got a few more uh reported sightings of bigfoots around but nothing that i can you know really go into but we will definitely be doing a bigfoot uh uh, episode very soon because we've had well, a lot of yeah because i think we're going to the bigfoot con so we might have to get some bigfoot experts on the bigfoot show to yes. do the bigfoot thing because everybody loves the bigfoot but yeah um, i know we have lots of cool stuff coming up but we'd love to hear from you and thank you for listening to us here mm-hmm. on eerie travels and mark who's going to play us out i we are being played out by of course the incomparable destiny beard and her wonderful music and Thank her so much again for doing that incredible intro outro theme and the little tidbits you hear before the and after the commercials. And thank you so much to our sponsors. As always, please follow up with them and uh, uh, you know and and uh, they're they're the reasons we're here. So uh, you know, and if you you know support them, you know, and if you know anybody else who might be interested in sponsoring with us, again, drop us a line. We're happy to talk to them, and we have very reasonable rates. So. <laughs> We're we're cheap and easy. We'll see you guys next time on Neary Travels. Stay spooky.